You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. Thank you for joining us again today. All right. So today is our follow-up episode from last week when we talked about trust and all of the different elements of trust. We talked about myths around building trust between you and your partner again, and we led into a little bit of disclosures and the importance of having a full disclosure if you are trying to repair your marriage and found that this needs to be a whole episode in of itself. So that's what we're doing today. So we're talking about full disclosures. Now, a lot of you have probably heard that term. Maybe you've heard the term a full therapeutic disclosure. We'll talk a little bit about what that actually looks like, what that term means. Let's first start with talking about what a formal disclosure even is, because I know a lot of our listeners are very familiar with it, but there's a lot who are wondering what the heck you are talking about. So a formal disclosure, it can be called a formal therapeutic disclosure, a formal disclosure. It's this clinical procedure that's carefully guided by trained therapists and trained coaches that helps couples rebuild the trust of their relationship that's been damaged by sexual addiction, infidelity, or other types of sexual acting out. And it's this place where we do work ahead of time to be able to have the person who has betrayed share all of the important information that their partner needs to know for the relationship to recover and heal. It can be difficult, it can be painful, but it also allows for significant growth and gains in recovery for each spouse and in the relationship. And so that's something that we at Choose Recovery are pretty passionate about. We really want to be able to talk about and give you more information so it can be done in the best way possible and set your relationship up for the most healing. That being said, and we're going to go into this more later, there's no guarantees. It's not this magic pill or this magic recipe to get you the relationship you want, but it's a really great foundational piece. The first thing I want to debunk here (laughs) is when we hear that term therapeutic disclosure, that is insinuating that we need a therapist in order to have a full disclosure. However, in your professional training, you are learning differently, correct? I did a training recently last year through APSATS, which is the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists. And they are a team of therapists who have been doing research for decades on betrayal trauma and what are best practices on how to help clients with betrayal trauma. And one area that they cover is the full therapeutic disclosure. And one thing that we went over in that training was therapeutic disclosures can be handled by a trained, now keyword, trained betrayal trauma coach or sex addiction coach, or it can be done by a therapist, but again, needs to be a therapist who is trained in betrayal trauma and sex addiction. Our policy at Choose Recovery 
is we can have coaches or therapists do all of the prep work to get the disclosure in place. And then during the actual full disclosure, during that appointment time, we do have a therapist present. That's just to make sure everyone stays safe. And we're doing this with that therapeutic presence involved. That being said, if you have a great coach trained in B-trail trauma or sexual addiction, then they absolutely can do all of the prep work to get the full disclosure ready and in place. And they can be the ones to run the full disclosure. That therapist can be there just as a guide if needed. And of course, you're going to get so tired of me saying this, but I'm going to hammer it in. It's just so important that whether you're working with a therapist or a coach or a therapist and a coach, making sure that they are trained in this specific area of doing full therapeutic disclosures. It's one thing to be trained and understand betrayal trauma, another thing to be trained and understand sexual addiction or infidelity, but to be able to do this process of creating the safe place for this information to be shared, that requires its own specialized training. A lot of the horror stories that I've heard a lot of times were when they had somebody who was leading the process of doing this full disclosure who weren't trained or weren't betrayal trauma sensitive. And there's so many ways that this sharing of information can be more traumatic than it needs to be. I'm going to work really hard to not throw therapists under the bus but there are a lot of therapists who are not trained in this and in their attempts to be helpful have caused a lot of damage to people. And so it's really, really important that those who are engaging in this type of work are trained. And that's one big thing at Choose Recovery that's important to us is making sure that our team, because we are specialized in betrayal trauma and fidelity and sex addiction, that our team, coaches and therapists, know what they're doing. And we have specific people on the team that we have given this extra training on how to do these full disclosures. Well, and especially when it comes to this, because essentially a disclosure is a scheduled trauma. We're scheduling her trauma. And if you all who are listening, who have been through betrayal trauma and know how that came about out of the blue for a lot of us, it's not fun. It's not pretty. And we're scheduling one. So in a way this can, can throw you off like, wait, what? And I'll tell you that right there. I think not a lot of women really understand because I think what I've seen is I just want to know the truth. I want to get it all out there. And I just want to know the answers to these questions because we just want to know the truth. We've been lied to for so long. And that's the focus, right? Is I want to know the answer to these questions. Finally, but I don't think we're connecting what is really happening. And that is a scheduled trauma. I'm saying that so that those of you who maybe haven't thought of it this way can see why this needs to be done with someone who is trained, why this needs to be done carefully. So, so that it isn't like you said, even more so, because that's what we're doing, <laughs> scheduling your trauma. And it can absolutely help. And this is where we're going to, you're going to hear two different sites because Alana has been through one. I have not. And so what I've heard and what I've experienced with clients, it absolutely can help 
rebuild that relationship. And as I teach and coach around trust, I don't know, personally, I don't know how you would rebuild a relationship without one. I don't know how you could really honestly know and start over. I don't know if it's kosher to use the word clean slate here, but I, I just think that it would make so much sense to have a full disclosure when I'm wanting to repair that relationship and move forward with my partner. Mm-hmm. So a couple of thoughts, first of all, Luke and I haven't done a full therapeutic disclosure. We did a full disclosure, but we did it on our own. And so we were one of the ones who did it the hard way. And so I use my story and my example to say like, yeah, we, we did it and we fumbled along and it was way more traumatic than it needed to be. But this scheduled trauma is such an important piece because I was at dinner the other night with another therapist and his wife and me and Luke, and it's just that normal small chat. They were from out of state. And then he goes, help me understand. He says, cause I know you're kind of passionate about this. Help me understand why we would schedule a trauma for women. Because my boss tells me that that's like an old outdated way to do therapeutic disclosures. So he's like, so I don't do them because why in the world would I put a woman through trauma? (laughs) My husband just smiles like, oh no, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) We can spend the rest of the dinner talking about this because you get me, I have to curb myself and be like, Alana, know your audience because you get me started on this. And I'm really passionate. And so where I have this therapist in front of me who I respect, and I think he's a really great guy and he's doing good work say, well, I don't do them because my boss told me not to do them. I'm no, I'm like, okay, okay. Let me just tell you why this is so beneficial. This is so beneficial because it gives her an opportunity, A, to be able to say what she needs and what she wants to hear. Now there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees that he's going to be honest, that he's going to tell her everything, but it does give this opportunity that there is somebody professional working with her spouse who is asking all the questions that to the best of that professional's ability, they're working with that client to get him ready. And then you are getting ready to hear the truth. You are doing your own emotional work. And then the two of you, if we're going to be doing relationship repair, it can, it has the ability to lay this foundational piece. Now this does not fix your relationship. It's not just smooth sailing after disclosure. It actually isn't just as hard and just as difficult, but it puts this really nice foundational, strong piece in place of here we are. I'm, I'm speaking like I'm the person who betrayed here. I am. I'm doing all of the work. I'm giving you full transparency. I'm answering all of your questions. I'm going to do this hard work because you deserve to know. And because I'm committed to moving forward with more transparency and move forward as a different person. Yeah. I, so I love that word that you use there. I was using like clean slate, but I really love a strong foundation to rebuild. That's a great visual. I really like that. So you said something in there that, cause again, we're approaching this kind of maybe from here's all things that can go wrong when they're not done. Right. And so one of the things I heard was that there's no guarantees that they will be honest. So again, another thing I hear clients expect going into a disclosure, I'm finally going to get the truth. 
finally going to get these answers, but there's no guarantee they're going to say the truth, be honest. And let's talk about the myths around the polygraph. So I guess before we get there, many of you might not know that one of the things that is part of the full disclosure is a polygraph test. I'm going to let you go into that even more, Alana, and explain that. But why is there no guarantee? (laughs) This is rhetorical, but why is there no guarantee that they will actually be honest? And what are the myths around the polygraph and those, those false expectations, I guess, that women have with that polygraph test? I think the first thing I want to highlight is not everyone wants to have a polygraph or uses this as a tool, but it is another tool that can be used to build safety. And so for some women, they have really honed in on their own tuition. They feel connected to God or a higher power. And so they don't feel like it's something they need or want to invest in. For other women, it can be a tool that can give more information and can be something that can just help them maybe see with a little more clarity of what is really happening. But as you hinted at, Amy, is a polygraph isn't 100% accurate. What the polygraph does is it is a pretty in-depth test that records a number of body reactions or changes in body responses that can be used to determine whether somebody is telling the truth or not. So they don't test the measure of deception or lying directly, but rather possible signs that the person is trying to deceive the interviewer. What makes them complicated, though, is if the person truly believes the lies or truly believes the deception, and I have seen this in very extreme cases where they do live in this fantasy world, that that polygraph, they will pass it because they believe the things that they're saying. And so... I think it's just really important to note that while polygraphs are absolutely a beneficial tool, and I do recommend it in all of my disclosures, it's, again, not this 100% sure-felt way. And so a woman can take it, or a man who is in this position, can take it as just more information, but they still have to do their work to decide for themselves of what is being said in the disclosure. Does this feel accurate? Does this feel true? Am I seeing actual changes moving forward? We can't put 100% in this bucket that the polygraph is going to give us the answers we're looking for. I think the expectations of the process are going to encompass all of this. And the expectations are, if we do this full disclosure and we do a polygraph, that that means I know everything and everything's out there And then once I know everything, we can just move forward. And knowing information that you haven't known your entire relationship or ever known is really beneficial to her healing and can help her feel like she has more puzzle pieces to understand of how could this have happened and what actually happened. But the reality is each person still gets to choose what they share and what they don't share and how honest they are. Now, I will tell men, if you go into this full disclosure and you keep information back, you've not only ripped away the chance of having that foundation, you've gone and demolished or we've put a bunch of sand in the foundation 
where building anything after that is going to be incredibly difficult. So this is what I'll ask men. Are you committed to doing this process? Are you committed to facing the hard? Are you committed to being open and transparent? Are you ready to get it all out? And if they're not ready to get it out, then let's not do the disclosure yet. Let's do the work we need to work through what those blocks are and what's coming up for you and what your fears are. And let's work through all of that so we can have an honest full disclosure. But the reality is I've known men, I haven't worked personally with a disclosure that this has happened myself, but I have personally known men and women who have had the full disclosure and they've gone in and they've lied through the whole thing. But what was so interesting to me in both of these cases that I'm thinking of she felt after she felt that not all the information was there. I've had mm-hmm. other women who have had full disclosures. And initially they were like, there could be more. Could there be more? I don't know if there could be more. And then at some point they get that reassurance and they go, no, no, I, I actually, I feel good that that felt complete. There's no guarantees with it, but doing this type of work gives the relationship the best chance it can to heal. So going back to these expectations, we have these expectations of if we just check these boxes, then Mm -hmm. things will be better. And unfortunately, we're not checking boxes here. This is just another healing tool that can be used to be really beneficial, or it can be a box to be checked And there we go. We checked a box, then what? And so I think it's really important with what mindset, what attitude we go into it, but also checking our expectations big time. Here's what I've noticed to happen. There's there's so much good stuff in here. Okay. So the first thing that I want to point out is that going along with the polygraph, which is not fascinating, like really that's very fascinating how it is their own truth and what they believe. And I know a man who would pass that he would pass that 100% and yet it would be completely a lie because the amount of (laughs) mental, (laughs) I'm just going to say mental illness, but the fact that he, for so many decades created his own reality in order to live with himself because the shame was so thick. He had to create a completely different reality for himself. That was very believable and still is in his world that he would pass it. And so I think that's a really important point to make. And the other thing that came to my mind too, is I've heard therapists not allow women to go back and and ask questions. So like you were saying the example of how a woman had the disclosure. And then even afterwards, she's like, wait, 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 there's something still missing. I've had a client who told me that that's what happened and they would not allow another like to go back and ask more questions. And that broke my heart because the way that I know is that you get to ask as many questions as you need to, and go back and do another one and go back and do another one. And that's the painful, hard part of this process, right? Is that that's a possibility. But one of the main goals is for you, the betrayed to get the answers and feel peace, which can I just point out why it is so important to do your own one-on-one work, because the way that you're going to be able to tell the way that this woman knew 
is because I guarantee she's been doing her work and learned how to pay attention to her body and to recognize her own emotions. And she learned to trust herself. So wouldn't you say that there's also a time in which these disclosures are done, Alana, where like, you don't want to rush into them too fast. There's got to be enough healing done on each side, right? Because of many reasons, but that one alone. Yeah. I have clients who, when they hear about this idea of the full disclosure, they are like, okay, cool. Can we do it next week? And I'm like, "Mm, no, no, we can't. And and here's why is because we want to do this thorough. If we've had years and years and years of addiction in the relationship, then we don't, there's no way we can within a week just turn around and be able to accurately go through and say, this is what happened. And these are the pieces from my childhood. And here's the pieces when the addiction first started. And, and here's these different acting out behaviors. And here's my timeline. And for her to know all the questions that she wants to know and her to be emotionally prepared, some women are ready sooner than others, but this process is not one we want to rush through. That doesn't mean that we also want to take three years working on a full disclosure either, because that's three years of her waiting for answers. That's not helpful. Even a year to me is a really long time. The timing is going to look different for everybody, but at a minimum, at a minimum, I would like to see at least a month of weekly sessions of preparing for the disclosure for both of them. Yeah. And that's yes. At a minimum, I (laughs) I'm going, because I know how long it generally takes for women to be able to learn those grounding tools and learn how to trust their body again and learn how to process their emotions that takes, it, it really does take a lot longer than a month. Me personally, I've yet to see it happen that fast. So yes, I know this is your minimum, but I have yet to see it happen that quickly. Learn those skills. And the only time I've seen it that quickly, they've already been doing recovery work for a while. Exactly. I would think realistically for the majority of my clients, I'm probably going to be closer to six months. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And not to, to sound discouraging, but almost to validate your trauma. I, I want you to hear that six month mark and not go, oh, <laughs> I was about ready to swear. Oh crap. <laughs> That's a long bleeping time, but I want this to validate the seriousness of your trauma. I see that happen too, is that women focus so much on the disclosure because, okay, I want to get the answers, right? I want to get the truth, but I, I see that lead into more of the focus on him. And I'm always reminding my clients, we cannot just discount what you've experienced, what your brain and what your body and what your spirit have experienced. So that's why it takes that long, because this is not something that is just strap your boots on, let's get going, suck it up. No. So take the time to do this because, um, on both ends, right? Like you're saying, yes, it takes time for him to prepare, answer the questions, sift through his shame so that he can be honest with himself first. And then he can be honest with you. She needs to learn how to ground herself, process healthy ways, 
yada, yada. The other thing that's coming to my mind as I'm applying this to myself, because I didn't have the opportunity to have this, certainly didn't know it was an option. Um, I would imagine that a lot of women hold on to this disclosure as like a magic fix. If we just get this, then it's going to fix everything. And I can relate to that as I know I did that with his parents and some of his siblings, as well as ecclesiastical leaders, please just fix him. And that can also be a myth, I guess, if you will, around disclosures, right? Yeah, there's a big sigh because I (laughs) I validate how much you do want help in this and how much you do want him fixed. Like, yeah. And really for a lot of these men, how much they don't want this holding them by the throat any longer either. And the truth is the full therapeutic disclosure can really help the person who's lived outside of their value system, help them be able to own their truth, be able to come forward out of the hiding and out of the shadows to be able to understand how they got there and what their journey looked like from a more therapeutic approach. So getting this information out for him can be incredibly therapeutic as well. So this is not just a process for her of, Hey, we're going to let you feel good and have you have answers. And yes, where often she's had gaslighting their whole relationship and she hasn't known what reality is getting this information and understanding the full picture and having reality is a massive gift to get, but this is helpful for her as an individual, him as an individual and the couple moving forward. Oh yeah. I can't remember if we clarified this in the beginning or not, but when we say that term full disclosure, when you were just saying that it triggered my thought process here because the other way is staggered disclosures, right? So that is when you just get, you repeatedly get all these little discoveries and little bits of information along the way, whether the person who acted out tells you what's happened and he tells you little piece at a time, which that's painful. I've experienced that. You just get a little bit here and a little bit there and you're being re-trump that secondary trauma, right? Over and over or you discover the information, whether you sought it out, investigated, or just happened upon it by accident. But these are our staggered disclosures. And we want to avoid that. We want to help you avoid all of those secondary traumas, because that is going to add to your healing time. It's so damaging. And I can speak to that from experience. And especially with someone who, I mean, I've never had full disclosure. I'll never have that. My therapist told me my divorce is one of the worst kind of divorces with no closure, no, (laughs) um, disclosure, no truth, no honesty. And so I have to put all those, you know, your brain wants to put the pieces of the puzzle together and it's always trying to solve for the missing things. And that's really, really hard to heal and come back from. It takes a long freaking time. Trust me. So That's why I think this is so important. We're talking about this and why it's so important for us at choose that you come and do one when you're ready, like we've been talking about so that you can avoid those staggering disclosures. We've said some of the benefits 
for the full disclosure. And so when is it recommended? Well, it's recommended when we've had that massive rupture in the relationship and there's been an infidelity or we've had sexual addiction and acting out and that the full truth about everything is not out there. Now, I want to just really quick say the full truth does not mean every tiny little detail. And Amy and I will go into that in just a little bit. But when we've had this massive rupture, the full disclosure is for couples who want to understand and come together and build their relationship and do the hard work to be able to start healing and moving forward. But that does not mean that we recommend this for everybody. So here's who we don't recommend it for. We don't recommend it if one of the partners is actively suffering from a terminal or serious illness. So if they're going through cancer treatment or they are on their deathbed and they have less than a year to live, we would really want to slow down and assess whether it's the right time to do the full therapeutic disclosure or if that would be beneficial. Also, if we have serious mental illness, we want to be really careful with what we're doing there. Also, if divorce is already pending in the relationship, if we've already filled out divorce papers, then doing a full therapeutic disclosure is probably not the right path at that point. Also, if there's potential for physical or emotional violence or abuse, we do not want to put anybody in danger. So things like emotional abuse and physical abuse, both equally need to be addressed before the disclosure. That should be one of the first things that we're addressing. And I'm going to be honest with you, that emotional abuse piece, that might take quite, okay, not, it might not. If there's emotional abuse, those are ingrained patterns and those are neurons that have been firing together for a long time. Those are not going to change quickly. That will take work, but safety has to be established before we can do the full therapeutic disclosure. So that's when we don't recommend it. The reality is, is this isn't for everybody. And I have some women who I will explain this process and they're not interested in doing it. And I will never tell somebody, hey, this is what you have to do to heal. They do have every right to choose for themselves. I can talk about the benefits. I can talk about, yep, it's going to be hard, but if we do this hard, then we also set ourselves up for a nicer foundation moving forward. But if they're not in a place to want to do it, especially if I have an addict who just says, I'm not doing it, me forcing him to do it is not going to create the type of healing experience that we're looking for and we're aiming to have. So I don't do it unless I have two willing participants. Well, it makes perfect sense. I love that you went through that list. I'm really glad abuse is on there because uh, it just makes sense, but that can't happen. And I feel like that might be discouraging to a lot of people because of the statistics that come with sexual addiction and acting out for such a long period of time. And how that coincides with abuse. There's such a correlation there and it's not often seen right away. It's not often even discovered. I have a client who did not even realize that she was being 
actually I can say I have several clients, <laughs> myself included, did not realize that she was being sexually abused, that, that what was actually happening to her physical illness was actually sexual abuse because, and, and she didn't realize that until later, until after she actually left him. This can be very difficult to identify when you're in it. So again, it's so important to work with someone one-on-one and take your time to process through this because, and find out if there's abuse and someone who is trained also abuse and spotting that and knows what to look for can help you walk through that. Oh, and, and here's one more I really don't want to overlook. I will not do disclosures if acting out behaviors are still continuing. So if it was an affair and they're still in contact with the affair partner and still reaching out to them or the affair is still happening, we're not going to do a disclosure with that. And if we're talking about sexual addiction or long-lasting sexual compulsivity, then they need to have at a minimum at least 90 days of gaining that sobriety before we'll do the disclosure as well. So definitely don't want to leave out that important piece. And that takes time. It takes time for them to work through their own stuff and to get enough healing to be able to be in the mind space for them to do that. And that, again, why it's so important to work with somebody who's trained in this area, because I have had people I've known who weren't clients and then just clients who go, we can just do it on our own. We can just do it ourselves. Years ago, I worked with these clients and there was information that she wanted and we hadn't done the full therapeutic disclosure. We had talked about it. We had wanted to do it. We were starting to prepare for it, but she wanted that information right away. And naturally it was very hard, very triggering for her. And, and I said, let's definitely build this into the full therapeutic disclosure. Then the next week when they came, they weren't talking. She was in so much trauma because they had done it themselves and he had shared way too much information. He had shared things that weren't actually helpful. They were details, not game changers. And and I described the difference of details and game changers of details are those little things like, well, what were they wearing or what did you see or what was attractive about them to you? Versus if it's with another person, who, but what, where, when did it happen, time that it happened, like those frequency it happened, those things are game changers. The details, you can't unhear that stuff. Now, you do get to decide for yourself what you hear, but please listen to me. Listen to me that there are some things you cannot unhear. And make sure when you ask for something, you really want to know the answer. Cause a lot of times there's something underneath that, that you really do want to know. So when you say, well, what was her hair color? Well, usually it's not about the hair color. It comes back to how is she different from me? Why was I not enough? What's wrong with me? Right. There's these questions underneath that you really want to know. Right. Oh, that's so painful. My heart is just like, oh, that's really hard. That's really hard. So yeah, don't rush rush it. And I think that there's, we also were wanting to talk about the difference between an explanation of their actions and not a justification. So I think that kind of 
can piggyback a little bit of off of what you just said there, because again, not every little detail needs to be said. And also let's talk about how a disclosure isn't a justification for what they have done, because part of the disclosure is a disclosure letter, right? Where the a person who betrayed gets to attempt, <laughs> uh, I've seen this botched, gets to attempt to have empathy and show how they have impacted. Here's how I know I've impacted you in your life by my choices. And I think that sometimes that can come across as a justification. And if someone isn't trained to work with that person writing that letter, then I think it can come off very much as a justification rather than an explanation. Yeah. When I do full disclosures, I break them up into three main parts. I will have him go through all of his history. So we have a history slash timeline of acting out, which is only facts, no stories, no details that aren't needed, no justifying, no minimizing. They're just facts of what happened. Then I have him write the impact letter. And with his impact letter, it's, this is how I see as far as I have for my limited capacity of understanding right here today, this is how I see I've impacted you. And then I have him do a safety plan. Here is my plan moving forward of how I'm going to keep my safe, myself safe and in turn, keep you safe. Those are the three parts I have him do. Then I have her write out a list of questions things that she would like included in the the disclosure and things that she needs to know. That is for disclosure day. That appointment on average takes about two hours. It probably could take eight if we let it, but that would be too much. So we do a two hour session where we fit this into that window. Then after that, I start working with her And she takes as long as she needs, but she starts writing her own impact letter. Something that says, okay, thank you for this. She'll actually have to say thank you. But in essence, like in her head, okay, thank you for giving me this information, but let me show you how it really impacted me. And so she writes her impact letter that says, this impacted me this way. This impacted me this way. This is how I was impacted financially. This is how I was impacted spiritually. This is how my trust was impacted. This is how my self-esteem was impacted. This is how, uh, I don't know, whether we had more kids or not was impacted. She writes out all of her stuff. And I'll tell you, writing the impact letter for women, in my experience, has been really difficult because looking at all of that and seeing it all in one place can be really, really hard, can also be really therapeutic. So I have her do that. Once she does her impact letter, and by then we're like six months out from disclosure, I will have him write another impact letter in response, but I call it a letter of restitution. Ideally, he's still doing all of his work, right? He's still progressing. So his understanding of the impact, and now that he's read her letter and they've had six more months of work, he can write a letter of restitution that really owns what he did and has empathy and apologizes for his mistakes. And so that's how I do the overall process of the full disclosure. And I know that different therapists will do it different or different coaches will do it different, but I really like this because it's incredibly thorough. And again, 
no guarantees that he's not going to just play the part, but this is work. I want to work with people who are committed to the work. Mm -hmm. I have enough people who want to meet with me. I don't want to spend my time with people who don't want to do the work because it is like army crawling it through the mud versus we could be moving forward. I'm not going to have a client lay in the mud and then want me to pull them along. I'm not going to no. do it. I'm not going to do it for me and I'm not going to do it for their partner. And I'm talking man or wife. This is not a gender thing. Yeah. And just to add to that in general, not even like outside of just talking about therapeutic disclosure, I a hundred percent agree with you. And when you talk about doing the work, that isn't just showing up to our sessions, right? <laughs> it's in between our sessions, you're doing the work. It's not showing up and just talking and practicing in that hour with us. I tell my clients, you will see more traction in your life if you do the work in between these sessions. And I know you do the same thing. We love giving our clients quote homework assignments or whatever you want to call it, but we're going to give you work to do because we know it works. We know it helps do the work in between. <laughs> I just had to clarify because <laughs> I'm right there with you. Let's just, let's do the work people. I, I promise it's worth it. Let's get there. We can help you get there. Yeah. And if you're not ready, but you want to come and say, I'm not ready. Help me get ready. Well, guess what? Now we're doing the work. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Do it. But, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, people do not change with just an hour a week of talking. No. The hour a week of talking may open your mind to new insights. Then you got to take those insights and you implement them throughout the week. And coming back to full disclosures, the same goes for a full disclosure change is not going to happen in that two hour disclosure. Now we've got to do additional work and let's just, because we're coming at this whole thing a little bit differently too, talking about things that might not go right or like we expect. And I think something that we don't talk about either is the risks that come with a full disclosure. I think there can be well divorce. You can go into a full disclosure thinking that you're doing this to save your marriage. And it actually ends up where after it's all said and done, you decide this isn't the experience you want to have anymore. Maybe you decide this isn't the person you knew and it was hidden for you for so long and you don't know them anymore. And you decided that you want a different experience. You want a different, go a different way. That can be a risk that can come from a, a disclosure. It can change the whole family dynamic. So I haven't seen this happen. So you tell me if you've seen this, is it possible to go through a full disclosure and actually come out losing more trust rather than gaining trust? Cause we've been talking about how, okay, I'm going to do this so that we can have trust, but that can backfire and you can actually come out with less trust. Is that possible? I haven't seen it happen. And so, yeah, anything's possible, but. I believe that we as humans have an ability to recognize truth and feel truth when it's being spoken to us. And so if somebody goes in and they're lying through it or minimizing through the whole thing or justifying all their behaviors, then yeah, you can certainly walk away and feel less trust. Absolutely. 
But what I've noticed and what's been interesting is even when the information that has been presented is so hard and so difficult for both of them to share, when it's true, that truth gets felt. And so they can equally have, I don't know what to do with you. That's, I don't know who you are. And okay, that was a little relieving to feel, to hear, just hear truth. And a lot of women will say things along the lines of, I knew, but I didn't know. I didn't know anything, but there's a part of me that still like knew. Yeah. And when you get those puzzle pieces and they fit into place and you go, uh, um. and so like, I'll hear women say like, I would rather be slapped with the truth than kissed with a lie. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how are we showing up to the full disclosure if the person who's betrayed is showing up as humble and open and transparent and honest, and that's real and it's authentic, your partner's going to feel it. As opposed to, let's just get this over with, right? Yeah. As opposed to, I'm just checking the box. I'm just doing this because you want me to. Right. So let me ask you this. If you saw that happening with the client, if you could see that there's that little bit of, let's just check this off. I'm doing it because you want me to, do you go forward with it? Well, it depends on if they're my client or not. Um, No. Yeah. I'm asking if they're your client. Yeah. We slow the process down. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't like cancel it, throw it out the window, but I will let them both know of, okay, we need to slow this down. We need to take it a little bit slower. We need to be making sure we're doing this for the right reasons. One of the expectations that I see sometimes happen. So when we're getting ready to do a disclosure, you're processing and the betrayed isn't quite seeing some work done, isn't quite maybe confident that they're doing their work, but really they just want to know the truth. They just want to know if what their partner's been telling them is accurate. And so if we walk through this and say, all right, so those of you who are listening, if you're in this situation, put yourself in this situation. Okay. You're not quite sure if your partner's doing the work. You're thinking the disclosure is going to, like we mentioned, either fix everything or make him better. Let's go ahead and just pretend that all the questions that you asked are answered the way that you had hoped. There's nothing new that you're finding out during that disclosure. Now is the work or the lack of work that you're observing enough? Because again, it goes to that expectation that this disclosure is going to either be a one and done or somehow make him now snap into doing the work. And it just doesn't work that way. So rather than waiting for the disclosure to decide, okay, well, I'm just going to wait and see how he answers. And then I'll decide if he's doing the work or not. I want you to trust yourself right now before this disclosure even happens. Is he doing the work? Is it enough for you? Because how he answers that doesn't change whether or not you feel and are trusting yourself here. If the work is really being done, I think that expectation of a disclosure there needs to be like, this is something you would, you and I would process with a client, right? Yeah. If, if someone's struggling with that. Well, and, and again, what you're highlighting is the need for her to do her own work 
so she can trust herself and she can know for herself what is real and what is actually happening and what feels to her like recovery and what doesn't. Because there are some men out there who will just check the boxes, but really, while they may have sobriety, are not in any type of active recovery, but they can say, well, I've checked this box, I've checked this box, I've checked this box. Mm-hmm. And if disclosure comes another box that we're checking, you can check all of the boxes and we can still have no trust or healing happening. So can you really feel the difference? Like when you've been working with someone, your partner, and you both are working your recovery and we throw these words out there, honesty, transparency, vulnerability, right? And I think women are like, okay, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm trying to (laughs) look through the window, peer through the glass and see if I see honesty, but what if it's feel? Do you feel the difference, right? And so I think much of it is feel, and that's not a gender thing, right? That right, right. Men and women alike can feel when change is happening. They can feel when the other person is being honest. They can feel when there's that humility. They can feel through body language and tone and showing up differently and being emotionally present. They can feel the change. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really important for people to just listen to right there, because I hear so many women that we work with in groups and stuff, even individuals where we're teaching them what to look for. Here's what to look for. But I I promise this is again, why it's so, 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 so important. I know we're broken records and you're just gonna be like, oh my gosh, but this is why you have to learn to feel yourself, to feel the emotions in your body. Where do they show up paying attention, trusting, because we're all wanting to know the difference. I mean, this is why we do a disclosure. We just want to know, is this working? Is this all freaking working? And so we're looking at all these things. And I think even us as the betrayed are maybe checking off boxes. Okay. Check did the disclosure, pay attention to what you're feeling. If you feel like they're not doing the work and it's not changing or it's not enough, please trust yourself and know that you have a right. This goes back to our episode on taking up space. You have a right to take up space in your relationship and voice. It's not enough. I don't feel enough. Yeah. You say you might be doing all the work. You say you might be doing this and that it doesn't feel different to me. And that's enough. If it doesn't feel different to you, I don't care what evidence they throw at you. That's enough that you don't feel it. Well, and here's an important piece is trauma disconnects you from your body and your body experience. So part of your work is reconnecting to your body reconnecting to what's happening, reintegrating those parts of your brain and re being able to listen to that intuition and know when something feels right or know when something feels wrong or listen when your body is giving you these signals of this is safe or this is not safe. And then you'll start being able to differentiate better between what is trauma brain and what is my real experience here and now. So that again is why the work is really important. Yeah. One, one more thing I want to put with expectations is a lot of times we do have this expectation and even Amy and I, we probably said it somewhere in this episode of, we're going to get all the information out there. The reality is, is if we have 20, 
40 years of acting out behaviors, there's no way that we are going to get every little piece of information. What we are working to get is all of the big important pieces, but do know that there might be details that come out later. But the full disclosure, again, is a starting point. It's opening up the door. It's laying the foundation. But we never say, and I don't use never very often, but we never say you can never ask a question again. We open up that door saying, moving forward, we will keep having these discussions. We will keep talking about it. We will keep answering and creating safety and making space for the information that's needed. So while the disclosure will get the majority of it, if he's choosing to be honest or she's choosing to be honest, there still may be details that come out. So I think that's really important with expectations that we're super clear about as well. Yeah. You know, one thing that came up recently, we had done all the work. And so where we work with the addict on their timeline and he had written out his timeline and there was way more in that timeline than would be helpful. So we go through and we help them see, okay, here's why this wouldn't be helpful. Here's why this wouldn't be helpful. Okay, you didn't explain enough here. We got to add some here, right? We really work with them on the timeline to help them show something that's really helpful. But what will happen sometimes is during the full disclosure is they need to just read their list. But sometimes they will put their list down and want to start explaining. And so that's where you have that trained professional go, well, we're just going to read. We're not going to justify. We're not going to minimize. Let's just read the paper. So we've had to do that in a full disclosure. And I had another person I knew who told me about a full disclosure that she had and the therapist kept having to say, okay, just read the paper. And because that can be that natural tendency still of like, oh, let me explain. So having somebody there to be able to help facilitate it. And even during the process facilitate where when the partner who's been betrayed is hearing super triggering information, they naturally might have some responses. So having somebody there with them to be in tune with them, to watch them, to take breaks when needed, to ask them and see, okay, if they notice all of a sudden they're getting really jittery. Okay. How are you doing? Do you have questions? Do we need to take a break? Somebody being so in tune with each of the partners to make sure that again, this process is done in the way that is most helpful to the clients can be so beneficial. Okay. Tell me this because you've had one granted. I know you said that it wasn't done the way that you would do it now. And you've done them properly with other couples. So I'm sitting here trying to put myself um, in the shoes of those who are listening. And I would be thinking to myself, this sounds like a lot of money. <laughs> and is it really worth it? How would you answer that question? Well, when it comes to any type of mental health, I say every dollar that you put into your healing is an investment into the rest of your life and your children's life if you have children. Because the things that you learn and gain as you grow and you heal they stick with you. And that healthy living goes into every future relationship, including the one that you're in right now, if you're still in it, goes into every relationship with your kids, with your parents. Healing does not happen in a vacuum or in a box. 
it goes into all areas of your life. And so even if your relationship doesn't survive, or even if you walk away from this and you learn things that you didn't necessarily want to know, the whole process together when it's done correctly gives so many levels of you being able to heal and move forward. And I'm saying you, meaning I'm talking to both of you, both sides of this equation, men and women alike, it can be so healing and so beneficial. And that healing goes with you. Again, if you're doing the work and if you're going about it through the right step. Okay. Thank you for that. I love that. And I also can just want to add validation to how much this work blesses your children. And if you're in a place where this ends up not working out and you move on and you end up moving on to another relationship, I, I promise it moves with you. The work that you do for you, and we're saying this all the time, right? That you can't do someone else's work. You only can do your work. So however it turns out, because you can't control the other person, right? I promise the work you do for you goes with you. Even if that relationship doesn't pan out the way that you expected, you get to own and keep the work that you did for you and take it with you. And the impact that I have seen on my children as I've done my work and continue to do my work, the tools I learn have blessed my children. Now they're learning. I was just, uh, texting my son, honestly, just texting my son today. He's in Florida. He's doing baseball. He's working really hard to get picked up scholarship D one baseball working his little tail off. And he texted me today. He was a little down, a little frustrated because he said that the last three games he's played, he has been striking out. He went from hitting a Homer. So now we're at the opposite end. And I just gave him, I said, just a little blip. Sounds like that's the 50, 50 you're right on track. And he said, hold on, mom, explain that a little bit more to me. And so I explained just a little bit more of what that actually means and how he's not getting it wrong. That we're sometimes when things don't go the way we expect, we think that we're doing it wrong. And he goes, oh, I've been over here thinking that I'm doing it all wrong, life wrong, everything wrong. His brain went, you struck out three games in a row. Now you suck and your whole life sucks. (laughs) And, and so just helping him just tweak his little brain a little bit just shifted for him today. And that's only because of the work I've done and learned for myself that I could answer my son that way. So just take that into consideration. I know that we would do anything for our children. And when it comes to our kids, money isn't even a question, right? So why would it be a question for you? Because it's going to bless your children. So think about that one. The other thought I want to maybe just end with here is, so we've talked about all these different aspects of it, given a little bit of what a disclosure looks like, what it doesn't look like. So those who are listening, what would be the first step? So if I'm listening, I'm going, okay, this sounds like something I want to do. What now? Really? It's finding somebody who is trained in this because they can hold your hand through the whole process and they can help you see where you're at, how soon you'll be ready. What are some of the worries? That's one thing when I'm meeting with a couple for the first time or individuals, and we're talking about disclosure, I'll say, okay, for your individual circumstance, this is what I'm seeing. Here's some possible roadblocks that we might face. Here's some things we want to take into consideration. 
here's a time frame that approximately we could get further in and we might need to adjust that we're looking at and I can help lay that out for them. So yeah, finding somebody who is trained in this is first and foremost, and then be ready and willing to do the work, be ready and willing to face the hard because the truth is, is healthy is hard. I don't care what aspect of your life you're looking at. We're talking about healthy with your health and your food, healthy with your exercise, healthy with relationships and having hard conversations. Healthy is hard. It means that we're doing things that may not necessarily be easy or comfortable, but we do them because ultimately the outcome is good for our, our health and our well being. And so, as individuals, as partners, you have the right to request a full disclosure. You don't have the ability to make them be honest in the full disclosure. You don't have the ability to control the outcome of the disclosure, but you absolutely have the right to ask for the truth, to ask for all of the puzzle pieces, to ask for transparency, especially if you want to build a foundation of trust and healing moving forward. So I hope that you had some takeaways from what Amy and I talked about with full disclosures. There's so many unique circumstances out there. So if you have questions that you say, well, what about this from my circumstance? Reach out to Choose Recovery. We have a team who is trained and knows how to do this and how to answer these questions. So you don't have to do this alone. Let's do this in a way that can promote the best amount of healing. So thank you for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you all next week. to know more about a full therapeutic disclosure or want to schedule one, then head over to our website at chooserecoveryservices.com. That link is in our show notes so that you can find more information about how this applies to you and your situation right now. And even if you're ready for one, please know that your relationship deserves to have that foundation of trust like we talked about today. And we're here to help you do that. We're here to help you choose recovery, choose healing, and choose you. Take care, everybody.